Hello, you're in the Sin Bin with Cindy Nightingale, giving you a snapshot inside sports. I'm a sports photojournalist in Minnesota, bringing you conversations with coaches, athletes, and others about the trending topics and the latest news inside the sports world. Let's get started. Welcome, Coach Jefferson, Coach Tim Carlson, with us uh, in the Sin Bin today. <laughs> I spent a lot of time there when I'm during my hockey career, by the way. I, yes. Well, um, <laughs> I just felt like it was uh, appropriate with my name being Cindy that it would be a good place to start uh, the podcast. And, so, that's appropriate. <laughs> yes. So, um, Coach, kind of give us a little bit of, uh, give us some of your background, um, where you, you know, what you did in high school, where you started, um, kind of your college, and how you became head coach at Jefferson. Yeah, um, as most people know, I'm a Bloomington guy. Uh, I went to Lincoln High School, which uh, I'm finding out many kids nowadays don't have any idea where that is. But that's yeah. where we play our games. Uh, yeah. I, I was there for three years, uh, Lincoln closed, and then I moved on to Jefferson for my senior year, and I played football there under Coach Waldner, okay. uh, who was also a mentor of mine as I got into coaching. Uh, coach Shea was also uh, my head coach at uh, Lincoln, and then he also came to Jefferson. Um, so, uh, And having Coach Shea having a son my age, we were pretty good friends, so I, I knew Coach Shea for a long time, and uh, he's been a great help to me. Uh, went on to Beth Bethel University and played at Bethel University and um, actually had a business degree, graduated from college um, and got into some things and uh, was actually running a sporting goods store up in White Bear Lake. Just got kind of sick of it after about a year and a half. Uh, the day after I quit my position with this sporting goods store, um, Coach Shea called me and asked me okay. if I had any, had any free time for the fall. And I said, yeah, as of right <laughs> now, I got a lot of free time. So yeah. that was back in the, the fall of 1990 when I started. And Okay. Uh, after one year of coaching, and I would always kind of thought about being a, a teacher. But after a year of coaching, I decided to go back to school, went back to Bethel, um, became a teacher. Um Got my first teaching job in Egan. Also coached there for uh, a couple of years, but then came back, lucky enough to come back to Jefferson. Uh, okay. So this will be my 29th year at Jefferson. Coaching. Wow. Yeah, okay. and my and I had two at Egan. So this will be my 31st year overall uh, coaching. And, um, you know, it just time flies when you're having fun. And uh, it's just been a great, great thing for me. And when the opportunity about nine years ago came up um, for the opening, uh, it, it was difficult for me because I uh, uh, very good friends with with Levy John Leverance and uh, mm -hmm. uh, sorry to see John go. Uh, he's just a, he's just a good coach, but he's a great person. And um, but I, I felt that this might be a great opportunity for me. I was encouraged by some Coach Waldner, uh, Coach Bianchi. Coach Shea all encouraged me to kind of go through with it, and they were very supportive of me. And, uh, yeah, it's been a dream come true ever since. And, again, going into my ninth year, and um, my, my wife is a Jefferson person. Uh, and yep. 
I tell you what, and, and Cindy, you probably know this better than anybody. She, there's not much she misses, and uh, she's very, no. She, no, she's very supportive of uh, Jefferson football, very supportive of me, uh, and but she just loves it. She loves the community, she loves the school, and loves the football program, and it's been good for our family. And to have two boys play on the same field I played on is, you know, that's just it's, it's special. And yeah. Uh, it's been, uh, I've been truly blessed by the people I've been able to work with my time at Jefferson. That's awesome. I just, I know that it's very special for you um, because you're so family oriented. Um, and I've known that for several years. Um, do you feel at this point that you still um, have that same passion uh, for coaching that you always have had? Yeah, and that's a, that's a good question, and that's when I'm very critical of myself because I think that's when it gets time to be done when you don't have that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm still working hard with uh, BAA. You know, this this year is just so goofy this off season. Um, but I still love going to the the spring carnivals for elementary school, and I set up my little booth, and uh, we have I have fun talk with kids and families about Jefferson football. Um, you know, I. I do everything I can to help it succeed and, and be successful and be a, a great program in many ways, not just on the field, but obviously in the classroom. We're mm -hmm. very, we're very involved in the community. Um, so yeah, when that, when that starts running, it runs out and I don't have that anymore, then it is time for me to be done, but I still, okay. I do still have that. And I just, I, I love what I do. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about, um, how you motivate um, a young player to want to play not only BAA, but also to maybe pursue it in high school. Yeah. It's um, you know, it, again, times have changed just in my nine years, things have gotten different and um, you know, the injuries and concussions are more of a factor now uh, than they were 10 years ago, not mm -hmm. of how they were happening, but just more of how it's been publicized and I strongly believe football is safer now than it's ever been based okay. on equipment and teaching and so on. And we do try to get that across. And it's, uh, um, you know, it's getting across to the parents. The kids don't seem to mind so much, but it is getting that information across to parents. And uh, we had two years uh, running of what we call Moms Football Forum. Okay. Uh, where we've brought moms in in the spring and uh, we've presented, we've had, um, our trainer, Kyle Pelzer there, our team doctor, Mark Alexander has come and just presenting information on the benefits of football um, and sports in general, just kids out playing sports. I'd like to see just more kids out playing any sport, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think football is special for so many reasons. So many of the things it teaches kids, uh, it is a true team sport that you really have to do your job um, or you can let you know, a, a teammate down. So it's really that teamwork, that discipline, and it's not easy. It is hard. It's uh, physically hard. It's mentally hard. So I think anytime kids can go through that, they're going to be better uh, young men when they mm -hmm. graduate high school. Do you keep in touch with a lot of your players that, um, you know, that when you were offensive coordinator or, you know, when you were yep. uh, under levy and also since uh, you've been a head coach, have they come back to tell you that they really appreciate, um, you know, all the efforts that you guys did as coaches and stuff to get them to play football. And do they see 
how that translates into what their careers are happening and what college is happening for them? Yeah, I, you know, I hear from, from quite a few and, and, and that's, what's the, really the fun part for, for me is to see so many of the guys that, uh, you know, I've coached now have families of their own. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and be honest with you, when I see the thrill for me, the, the payment and coaching is when I get to go to their weddings, when I get to meet their, <laughs> their kids for the first time, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that is just so cool. And now I see so many others getting into coaching. We have uh, several on staff that I coach between Aaron Swartout and uh, Peter Knutson and Nick Zilka. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many others have gone through that want to get back in and, and coaching. And yeah, that's especially, those are the relationships that, you know, you don't get into coaching for the, for the money. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, but it's these things and the relationships you build and be able to see those players as they've grown up. Um, and I've been just going through Facebook even earlier today with kids because they're going to replay a game on BEC uh, from 2005. Uh, this weekend. So I've been talking with okay. kids. I want to say kids. They're not kids anymore. But uh, um, yeah, that's the special part of coaching. And, and that's the stuff that, uh, you know, is really fun for me. Let's talk about what summer football looked like last year, last season, and what summer football looks like this year with all the issues around COVID. <laughs> uh, oh, that's exactly the same. Uh, no i'm kidding (laughs) uh every summer we get 11 what we call 11 contact days we can practice with kids 11 times throughout the summer now that does not include meetings that's actually out on the field okay so uh going back to like last summer uh we'd be in a passing league at edina and i think we had four to five weeks of that on tuesday nights that does not count as a contact time uh, but we had our 11 practices kind of scattered throughout the summer. And we always like to make that uh, 11th practice at night. Uh, you've been there. We've had ice cream. Uh, parents are invited. And it's kind of a fun way to end the summer. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've done our 11 practices. And we typically start in June and we get equipment out. The first week that uh, school is over, we get equipment out. And uh, we kind of scatter the practices throughout the summer. Some schools do it like that. Some schools try and jam them in all within two weeks and everybody does it different, but this seems to work for us. Uh, okay. we, we've done things like a passing league tournament down at Gustavus. Um, so we've had a, a busy summer. Then we'll do, we'll do paint. We've done paintball before and that we will do this summer. So we've used the whole summer and just kind of had some, uh, uh, we're pretty, low key in our summer activities. Uh, we don't hit or anything like that. Uh, it's just more basic skills, fundamentals that we work on. Um, so now this summer, uh, <laughs> yeah, this summer, it's kind of tricky because you have what the governor's regulations or guidelines, then you have the state high school leagues guidelines, and then you have your own school district's guidelines. So okay. uh, you have to kind of go by all three. Um, our kids, and I'll give them credit, a lot of credit. Um, they've just completed three weeks now of working out on their own. What we did is we put the kids, we had 12 kids want to be leaders of, of pods or groups. So they've had 10, we've had 10 kids in a pod and it's been outside workouts. Um, Brandon Peterson, our strength coach has provided the workouts for them. Our leaders Mm -hmm. take it and run with it. 
And it's been kind of neat. It's been really neat to drive by school and see all these kids coming and going. We, we space out. We follow the social distancing. We space out the times. Uh, it, it's really gone well. So our kids have done that for three weeks, all really on their own. Um, the school has now okayed us to start the official JAG Power Strength Program this coming Monday. So okay. all, all sports will be doing that. Uh, they've, they're doing it in pods of 15 at the maximum. Uh, we still cannot get into the activity center to use the weight room. Uh, some schools are, uh, some schools aren't. Uh, so we have to use what we can. Um, so we'll do that. We also started virtual meetings this week. Uh, we've had four 20-minute meetings with kids just on some offense and defense stuff and mm-hmm. just to kind of introduce the kids of what we'll be doing. Um, and then right now, as of now, uh, our first of those 11 contact days will start July 6th, which is okay. uh, Monday, July 6th. So, <laughs> you know, we take it day by day, week by week, and uh, kind of go with the flow here. And I've been in touch with several other coaches on what they're doing. You know, okay. they call and ask, what are we doing? And mm-hmm. uh, it, it seems uh, we're, we seem to be on track with uh, being pretty similar to, to most schools or, or a lot of schools I've talked with. Okay. So it just, it's kind of all over the place and you're just trying to kind of find the fit for your team. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely. And you know, it's hard to coach in pods of 10, yes. know, especially football. Um, so we're one of the reasons what many of us have waited till July, or are they going to kind of increase that? Well, now we're up to 25 where we could do a pod of 25. So we're liking that. There's been some easing of restrictions on, on footballs and like shields and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll be able to go July 6th and unless of, uh, you know, there's always a chance of things being dialed back with um, fingers across that that doesn't happen, but that's always a possibility. But I think we're in pretty good shape now. Fingers are, but fingers are crossed. Okay. How, what's the morale of the players, the athletes during this time? Are they more determined to work hard because obviously um, they need to be conditioned and ready to go if you're going to play. And since they can't really be together to work as a team as they have in the past, I just wonder, are, are they more, determined are they just kind of laying back or you see a mix you know what i I, i'll kind of backtrack to when we were in school uh i i think the online school uh portion of it and kids not just our football kids but kids i've had in class things were really starting to get loose Mm -hmm. now kids sleeping in not doing things you know after two and a half you know two months on doing online stuff and and so on i don't blame them Right. Um, and I think we, I think there's some depression. I think there's some mental health things going on with a lot of kids. And again, I'm not just talking football kids, but kids in general okay. uh, with the online look at it. Um, so once we got to the really the beginning of June, I think our kids were ready to be outside, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, so I think, uh, and just, you know, living by school and as I walk, walk by, our numbers have been really good uh, okay. out doing their workouts. I think they wanted to get out and just be doing anything, to be honest with you. 
um, right. and be out and be kids, uh, be kids again, because they've been cooped up for so long. So I hope that transfers. I think we still have some kids that are just kind of struggling with things. Uh, and we got have to really um, try and help them along and get them going, uh, not for football, but just for life in general. You know, hey, let's get back in the swing of things and, and, and help them uh, be kids again. Okay, are you reaching out to these kids? Are do you think the Zoom team meetings are helping? Because um, I worry about the kids that are kind of lost out there. Yep, yep, and absolutely. How how you're gonna pull them back in? Because at this point, um, have you been told whether or not kids will be coming back to the class in the fall, or we have not had a determination of that yet? No, we're not there yet. Um, my gut feeling tells me it's going to be a hybrid kind of uh, half online, half uh, face-to-face. Okay. Uh, and be honest with you, right now, I would take that. Um, mm-hmm. As a teacher, I didn't. I did not get into teaching to be on a computer eight hours a day. Uh, I hear you. It drives me nuts. Um, I like talking with kids. Um, but yeah, we have, well, first of all, we have a leadership team, and we still met um, via Zoom throughout the uh, spring. Okay. And, you know, I've talked with them about reaching out to kids. And then as we split our kids in the pods, everybody, we have about 100 kids, um, which is now 9 through 12. We have about 100 kids that we have down as playing football this year. And though they've been split up into these pods. And those leaders are kind of now in charge of, um, over the last couple of weeks, been uh, in charge of trying to include people and encourage people to get out. And then they let me know, hey, I just can't get this person. I don't get anything and I don't okay. from them. And then I reach out as well to them. Okay. Have the parents been uh, supportive of this type of training or have you heard any feedback from them as to what their expectations are for football? Uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot. I did hear early on when, when we kind of were, you know, even during the spring, um, we were sending them stuff to do. And I know a lot of uh, parents during the lockdown started doing the workouts as well. Uh, so they, they actually, yeah, they enjoyed that, that part of it. But okay. uh, I haven't gotten a lot, uh, a lot of feedback on it. Uh, I, I would say overall, our parents through all of this, Booster Club and other parents, as we've kind of made our way through trying to do fundraising through all of this and so on, they've been awesome. I, I, I can't, say enough about how positive our parents have been um, all winter mm-hmm. and spring. And uh, again, that's just my experience year in and year out at Jefferson. I, I <laughs> you hear a lot of horror stories uh, mm-hmm. about parents and, and booster club people. And, and that's just, that's not, it doesn't go on here. And, and I'm very appreciative of that. And I know that I'm lucky that I get to work with great parents as well as kids. Well, that's awesome. That's good to hear. So, you go through all of this training, you get the kids ready, you get to have your contacts, um, your, uh, your contact with the kids, and you start doing all your football. And lo and behold, they come to you and they say, we're not going to have any games this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a, a, a reality that could yep. happen. Yeah. Um, have you kind of looked to see how, games would be played or are you taking cues from 
say like college football or pro football, or you kind of looking at it um, as your own? Um, you, you know what? I've been on such a roller coaster with this and you raise a great point. It's, we have no idea. And I, I, you know, it, I would say 50, 50, whether okay. we're playing, playing or not. Um, I would say two weeks ago, I, two to two to three weeks ago, I was probably less positive to be honest with you. And then okay. we came and, and we, the governor kind of had back to back easing of restrictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some of the youth sports stuff eased up. So we had like a two week run there where things seemed to be going in the right direction. Um, so I, I, you, you, and you know, me, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I get, I get, I get pretty emotional and I, I get ups and downs. And so I'm trying, just trying to kind of play this out and see where it goes. And, um, I, I want to do right by kids in many ways, because you don't want them, you don't want anybody to get sick. Uh, but I know what this means to kids. Um, yes. well, and it's not always about wins and losses, but it's about that time with your best friends. Correct. Uh, yes. You know what? And no matter what, as time goes by, uh, and as someone who played 35 years of high school football, about 35 years or so ago, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a lot better player now than I was 35 years ago. At least that's what I tell people. So right. I'd like to give those people, you know, our kids that opportunity to talk about their senior year and how great they were and all the touchdowns they scored and so on. And it's, it's an experience. It's part of high school and to see kids, I mean, my heart just broke for those spring kids. Oh, I know. Um, It just, and, and having my son who was a, was a senior in college, you know, with Nikki to have, have their friends playing spring sports and all of a sudden it's just yanked from out from under them and, and there is no more for them. And, um, that's tough. And so my fingers are crossed. Um, you know, any way we look at it, we want to do something for these kids. Uh, if we don't have a season, I don't know what that'll look like, but we'll, we'll figure out something. Uh, but again, I'm going to, I'm going to think positive. I'm going to uh, plan like we're having this. Our coaches are planning on having it. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, just keep those fingers crossed because I think it, sports in general, means so much to kids and families that it'd be a shame to not have it this fall. Exactly. And especially in high school, you have football is the part of the culture, the experience of high school. And to me, you go ahead and play, but you need those fans there and those kids that come to watch those games they're all part of that whole Friday night lights experience. And it would be really hard um, to tell a senior that I know you've prepared this summer, but you won't play. And that would be really tough. That, that would be a tough conversation to have to have, whether you're the coach or the parent. Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things that I enjoy about, Jefferson high school is Friday nights are a community event. Mm-hmm. You know, we still get good crowds and I, I get it. You know, the middle school section down in that far end, they're not watching a lot of football and I get that. And I don't care. They are there. They're part of that experience. They'll never forget that. Exactly. Uh, you know, I think of the, the, the marching band, um, you know, the cheerleaders, uh, mm-hmm. 
the senior fall cheerleaders and all the work that they put in. They're the hard, you know, cheerleaders might be the hardest working group in the, in the, in the school. And for them to put in all their work and not have it, you know, it just, it's, it's, yeah. Bloomington and, and places around the state would be, you know, losing special events every Friday night. And, uh, you know, that, that would be too bad. And, you know, you go to the small towns, you know, small town, Minnesota, and, you know, mm-hmm. they live for those Friday night games and uh, because it, it's, it's, it's community and uh, it's yeah. building community. It's uh, uniting of community. And there's so many positives uh, from this experience. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and you th- think of the, the, the people who don't have children that are in the program, they just come because yeah. there's something to do on Friday night and it's close. It's, exactly. It's local. And, um, supporting your football team is, you know, it uh, to me, it seems to go beyond just, um, I want my team to win, blah, 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 blah. You know, we, it, it would just be really tough to let that go. Yeah. And, you know, and so many people liked it because, you know, we have, we have the hall of fame bringing back and honoring alumni. We have the tackle cancer where we help, you know, with Mm -hmm. research we do all the stuff with the wounded warrior project yes and all those things in many different ways reach out to different parts of our community and helps bring that community together and they it's something that they can get behind rather you know and as as well as supporting kids in football and cheerleader and band and so on yeah it it would that's going to be a tough call and i i honestly i'm optimistic at this point that um, they'll be able to figure it out and uh, let it happen and let the high schools, you know, have their games. I mean, we can only hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I, I really appreciate having this conversation with you. And um, as we move into the season and uh, the team hopefully will be playing and we'll uh, come back and revisit again. That's so thank you. Thank you again for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. This is really cool. I appreciate all you do, Cindy. I truly do. All right. My pleasure. So that was uh, Jefferson head coach Tim Carlson. And um, best of luck with the season. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Sin Bin. I'm your host, Cindy Nightingale. Please subscribe to listen to future episodes.